This is Texas Soccer Radio. Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. Esto es Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. It is Thursday night. That means it's podcast night. We're going to have some fun tonight because San Antonio FC is on a two-game win streak in USL play. Austin has some big news coming down the line. Uh, the U.S. women kicked ass tonight. And, uh, you know, it's it's just good vibes all around these parts, Larry. Um, I'm Kyle Mankey. He's Larry Leathers, as always. Um, happy to be here with Texas Soccer Radio, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Uh, you can check them out. You can check out our BGN site. If you go to TexasSoccerRadio.com, uh, thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. You can get custom scarves for your group or team at RoughneckScarves.com. That's R-U-F-F-NeckScarves.com. Larry Leathers, how you feeling, man? I'm feeling good after coming off two wins <laughs> in a row here. I know it's the, what, the third time we've done that this season, but... It feels a little, a little different this time, I'd say, and I, I'm feeling good about it. It kind of came out of nowhere, right? It, it came out of a spot where, you know, there was a little bit of negativity, whether it was deserved or not, um, around the fan base, around social media and stuff. So to uh, not only beat the top team in the West, but to uh, serve it up pretty hot to them was pretty fun to watch. And then Followed up with a second win in probably the chippiest game that we've seen all year just Oof. a few days later. So we will talk about all of that um, first. You want to jump into the SAFC stuff? Uh, quick rundown for anyone listening. We've got SAFC stuff. We're going to talk about Austin stuff, both USL and a little bit of MLS. Um, Usain Bolt to Austin? What? Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, El Paso made some announcements. And, of course, uh, the U.S. women are – um starting their run-up to to the big show so we will talk a little bit about all of that here um starting with san antonio fc um let's go back to saturday if you can remember all the way back to then um (laughs) million years ago now san antonio fc takes down real monarchs fc uh real monarchs salt lake city rather Four to two at Toyota Field. Just brutal beatdown of the Western Conference leaders. So what is the first thing you want to talk about out of that match? What what jumps out to you? Oh man. Um everything. It was like the <laughs> offense, holy offense, where did it come from? I mean, where has that been hiding this entire season? Um Jesus, they looked like madmen out there that whole game. It looked like the most cohesive, cohesive group we've had out there so far this season. And I loved every bit of it. Um, yeah, we, we've got uh, El Jesus in here. I got to make another live show. It's been a while. Thanks for hopping in, man. Uh, if, if you're not aware, we do a live Periscope stream every Thursday night at 9 p.m. So um, happy to see a couple people in there this week. But yeah, this, this attack, man, kind of came out of nowhere. We, we had um, the fastest... I'm trying to think of how it's officially phrased here, but the fastest San Antonio FC has ever taken a lead. Um, it's not the fastest SAFC goal necessarily since it was own, own goal, but um, just to, to kick off that game in the first minute, you had Ethan Bryant with just a crazy, crazy touch on the ball to get to bring down um, what, what could have just been nothing and yeah. get it to Omar Gordon who – uh, caused chaos right there in front of the frame and ended up with um, Salt Lake City scoring on their own goal. So, got it. Yeah, no, and, and Bryant, man, um, that was a beautiful ball on his part. And I know, I know for those of you that follow us on social media, I, I, I made, made it known on my social media account <laughs> prior to the game that I wasn't necessarily sure about the Bryant pick um, at the 10 spot, but I was pleasantly surprised with how he worked out. Um, he looked damn good out there and he seemed to take control of that situation and fit that, that role for the team extremely well. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what he, what he does with it going forward. Cause I think he should have a handle on that role now with the way he, the way he dominated it in that game. Um, he deserves to hold on to that role going forward. In my opinion. I agree, man. Um, until proven otherwise, I, I think he's a great option for that number 10 spot. 
um, I feel like that year after year has been one of the hardships of San Antonio FC is finding someone who can consistently play that role. Um, they've had Cesar Elizondo in there a lot, but they seem to prefer him to be on the outside more than more than in the middle. So to see uh, young gun Ethan Bryant getting in there and, and mixing it up and being a huge part of why that goal was scored. Uh, very encouraging. I don't know how many minutes they're going to get him. He is still, what, 16 years old, 17 years yeah. old. Um, so I, I can't see him starting every match this year by any means. Um, but, you know, as the playoffs get here, uh, next season comes around if if they still have him around. And, you know, it, it, it was a great showing in that match. Um, the other scores, the ones that were actually put in by San Antonio FC players – uh, had one from Omar Gordon in the 27th minute, one from Ever Guzman in the 56th minute, which we have to talk about. Yes, we do. And the last one from Charlie Ward in the 68th minute, which we'll also talk about. Um, but let's go back Jesus. to that. Man, shout out to Windows here, popping off all the notifications during the podcast <laughs> recording today. I'm sorry, folks, for all of you that have now heard a whopping three Windows notifications <laughs> during this time. Somebody's listening to the podcast at work, just trying to like rage on their computer, their work computer right now. <laughs> it's us, not you. Don't worry. Just go about your business. <laughs> so Omar Gordon's goal in the 27th minute was solid. It, you know, he's a sniper with the ball at his feet. It, it's just incredible what he can do. Um, so that wasn't a surprise by any means, but the goal from Ever Guzman with uh, Mikey Lopez assist at the beginning of it, Dang, Sports Center top ten. Gotta number learn. three, number three in the Sports Center top ten. Oh, and wait, before we move forward, right before the podcast, goal of the week officially for the USL. Hey, there you go. There it is. Um, deserving, in, in my opinion. Um, for if you didn't see it, obviously go back and watch it. But the short version, the short audio version. Um, is that Mikey uh, got the ball down near the outside of the box, just inside the box um, on the right side and, and crossed it over to Ever, who instead of trying to charge in and take the defender on at full speed one-on-one, -on -one, had the awareness to pump the brakes for a second and was literally able to walk it in after that. After a ridiculous spin move, nonetheless. Just, yeah, just stop turn around and just keep going on my business here. It was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Well-deserved to make it into the sports center top 10 for the night and for goal of the week in the USL. It's gotta be the most memorable SAFC goal ever. Right. As far as like, it's up there. It's, it's certainly up there. If, if anyone out there listening or watching right now has, has any other nominations for that, I'd love to hear it. But that one is going to stick out for a while just because it was so ridiculous. <laughs> Um, finishing off the goal scoring though, Charlie Ward puts it to bed with his first professional goal ever. Um, our, our buddy Carson Merck, Carson Merck, um, from, uh, out there in Las Vegas, uh, he, uh, was spot on with Charlie Ward with, he, um, is a great distributor. He is solid in that central midfield and key to developing the attack, but he's never scored a goal himself before that. So that was pretty fun to see. Um, and yeah, it, that whole night he was taking most of the free kicks for the, the entire evening while he was on the field. Um, I think that's a role that he'll probably hold on to going forward. I know, you know, in the past we've seen when Rafa has been on the field, Rafa typically takes that sort of stuff, but um, no one else has seemed to just grab it and take it. Yeah. And I think Charlie may have looked the most comfortable out of everybody I've seen so far this season uh, with free kicks. And I, he's another one where I'd like to see him hold on to that role going forward. Um, I don't see a reason not to, especially after that performance yeah. that night. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited, man. This game makes me excited for what the second half of the season can be. And if we can continue to capitalize going forward off of this type of performance, it's, we're going to make the playoffs and we're going to give people a run for their money. This game was the perfect example of what you've been saying all along that in a one game scenario, SAFC can beat anybody. Yeah. And this was the perfect example of that. It, let's just hope we can continue building going forward with it. Yeah, I, I don't want to diminish the importance of the regular season in any league. Uh, and I don't want to make excuses for the club. But um, once you make the playoffs, anything can happen. This Salt Lake City team, the past two years, they've dominated the regular season. 
um, though Phoenix is giving them a run for their money this year in the West. But um, last year they, they were the number one seed by far and then um, got eliminated in the first round by Sacramento. And, you know, if San Antonio FC can get into the playoffs, that's all you got to do, man. That's, that's step one. So obviously you want it to be one of those top four seeds, but you know, just, just making the top eight is uh, you know, that's the most important thing. Right. Um, so the, the downside of this game is that they did give up two goals, which um, is pretty not great. Right. <laughs> Especially for this squad. I mean, we're typically defensive-minded. This seemed to be the opposite this game. Um, we also saw a new pairing at center back this game. We saw uh, McCarthy get out there for the first time this season for his first USL appearance, at least. Yeah. Um, and he started back there, paired up with Hedrick. Yeah. Um, Hedrick was the other one that I expressed concern about going into the game when I, when I tweeted about Bryant. And I think that pairing works for the most part. I'm I'm still interested to see where where things go forward with Felix in that mix, um, and possibly Christian because I still think Christian Felix and McCarthy are the best three center backs that we have. I'm actually going to disagree with you, and I'm going to um, you know call myself out on on something from earlier because uh, Cyprian Hedrick, um, super friendly guy, and has been on the podcast before, and absolutely stellar person from everything I've seen, but. Um, he had a pretty awful preseason and he didn't have a great 2017. So coming into the season, I didn't expect him to really be in the mix for starting at the center back spot. Um, in the last few games, he's played pretty well, <laughs> not pretty well. He's played well enough to keep that spot. In my opinion. Yeah. Um, I, I was very not hot on Cyprian Hedrick coming into the season. And I think there was good reason for that. And I, I think, you know, anyone who watches those performance, um, would agree, but he's played really well as of late. And I think he um, should at least be in the conversation to start uh, with McCarthy. I really think um, it, it's a, not a health issue, just a maintenance issue. And, and we're going to talk about this a little later in the show because there have been so many different lineups that we've seen, right? Um, I don't necessarily like just because a player's not on the injury report doesn't mean they're hundred percent. Right. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Christian, uh, I'm still, still on the fence about Christian going to be honest, but I, I, that's not to take away from what McCarthy and Hedrick did in this game as the, for the season as a whole and including the preseason, the pe- best pairing that I have seen is still Christian and Felix. Yeah. That's that's why I keep Christian in that mix personally, and I I, I want to see that pairing in a USL game, and we still haven't seen it. Like that's that's what I'm dying for here. I want to see that Christian Felix pairing and see how that works on the field. Um, yeah, but McCarthy being back in the mix, McCarthy and Hedrick got it done. I mean, we we got the win that night. Um, thankfully, our offense was on fire <laughs> against yeah. against Salt Lake because otherwise we probably would have been in trouble. Yeah, Salt Lake City is no joke when it comes to their attack. Um, San Antonio gave up two goals to uh, Sebastian Velasquez. Um, no surprise. I'm pretty sure he's the team's leading scorer at this point. It was uh, between him and Hoffman coming into the game. So, um, I mean, they got it done. Coming into this game, uh, coming into the Salt Lake game, I said, if you get one point, you're set, uh, and anything else is, you know, bonus. But here we are, man. This they did it last year too. The San Antonio was undefeated against Salt Lake in the last two years, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe one loss. I had that. Ah, man, it's been too many days. <laughs> I had that in our preview, but I can't remember which one it was. But point is, they're performing well against some of the the West's bests. Um, so anything else on uh, the Salt Lake City match before we jump into Colorado Spring? I think it's time to get to last night. Yeah, so last night, Wednesday night, San Antonio FC takes Colorado Springs 1-0, also at Toyota Field. Lone goal coming from Kyle Murphy on a Darnell King assist um, in the 55th minute. Beautiful um, header. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful header. Yeah, that's... So one of the things that 
I was talking, Jonathan Check sits next to me in the press box. And so he, he hears a lot of my ranting and raving and thinking out loud during matches. But um, one of the things I, I was mentioning to him is Kyle Murphy is a big guy compared to a lot of the other guys on this team. He's tall and he's not like a, a string bean, you know, like he's muscular. Right. Um, so to see him be able to, and, and Mike Seth later in the game too, when he came on for Alex Bruce, those kinds of players, were they able to get a little more physical with the opponent? Um, I, I think that's going to be a big key because you've got guys like Ever Guzman and Omar Gordon who have incredible skills with the ball. Uh, and then you have other guys that can just muscle them out of the way. And right. you can see that happen. I mean, let's be honest here. More often than not, a lot of the teams that we see come to Toyota Field, their guys are towering over the majority of our team. Yeah. We've got a lot of small, fast guys on the team. Um, having Kyle Murphy out there and Mike Seth, that both of those guys being able, able to push some guys around out there is extremely helpful and beneficial to the team as a whole because yeah. we definitely need some more of that physicality out there. Um, yeah, I, I like seeing the, those two guys out there now at this point, especially Murphy. I'm high on Murphy right now. I think he's going to be a big impact for the rest of the season. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I definitely think he has that potential. Um, especially if there's going to be a rotation. Well, we'll have to talk about this because um, Cesaro is not, well, a couple injuries to start the match, right? So um, Ryan Felix was scheduled to be in the starting 11. He um, was a late scratch and was taken off, replaced by Ryan Rashindle before the game started. Um, and San Antonio went in with 17 players because of that. But Cesar Lozano came off in the 19th minute uh, replaced by Jose Escalante, who in the 29th minute got uh, his fifth yellow card as far as accumulation goes. Yep. So assuming Elizondo is not going to be healthy by Saturday, um, probably going to be without Elizondo, definitely going to be without Escalante because he'll be suspended. Um, and Felix, I would guess, is questionable. We saw him in the locker room after the game walking, and it didn't look like he had anything on medically you know any any casts or wraps or anything so hopefully it was something minor but um how how important is Kyle Murphy now that uh, you know you're going to be without two of your wingers potentially and kind of running short going into OKC he he could be very very important and I want to take a take a a second to place some blame on somebody it's my wife's fault that (laughs) Israel Elizondo got hurt he took that hit and then he got up and he started walking away and my wife turned and looked at me and she goes, Oh, maybe he's not made of glass. And then 30 seconds later Aww. he's on the ground and I'm just, I'm turned stared at her going, what did you do? Aww. Look what you've done. <laughs> <laughs> this is your fault. What, look what you've done now. Yeah. We don't talk about Elizondo being made of glass. We you just can't don't say mention it. it. <laughs> well, now that it's happened, I think it's safe to, to mention. I won't say he's made of glass, but we have seen, um, quite the injury history with him, unfortunately, both uh, with the Scorpions and now with SAFC. So um, he's a tough guy. He's just taken some unfortunate licks there over the seasons. I mean, it, it's one of those things where like you can be as mentally tough as you can as you want to be, but like if if your body gets injured, your body gets injured. Like uh, there's there's not much you can do there, and unfortunately, it's happened to him quite a lot, and. I think because of that, Elizondo is definitely a fan favorite because of all the years he's been here, but he's not someone who you're able to count on consistently. And I think that's part of why you saw uh, Gordon and Escalante and Murphy and and all of these wingers, Presley. And, and, um, you know, it's it's good to have depth there. (laughs) Um, So it was good to see Murphy get, get his first. With that goal, all three of the former RGV players who are now with SAFC have scored for SAFC in uh, Charlie Ward, Murphy, and uh, Jose Escalante. Fun little stat for you there. <laughs> um, so yeah, Felix got hurt, Elizondo got hurt, Escalante will be suspended. Oh, here's some controversy. Um, Matt Cardoni starts midweek game, second time that we've seen him start for a USL match this summer. Um, what were your thoughts when you saw that? I, I mean, I'm not going to argue with the results. I mean, and Matt does a great job in goal. Um, 
few missed kicks out there playing out of the back on his part, but he did a great job that night. He had some great saves. Um, I don't know what this means going forward. Now we're starting to see a more frequent rotation. I don't know if it's for rest purposes. Um, obviously this week is unique in the fact that we have three games in eight days. So yeah. I could definitely see Powell giving Restrepo the night off for, for the Wednesday game. And then I, I think we'll see, find out a lot with what the lineup looks like on Saturday coming up here against uh, OKC. Yeah. Um, I, I, the first time Cardone started, I chalked it up to, you know, rest, busy schedule, give the guy a break, get Matt minutes. Diego's still the number one, right? Um, I'm less sure of that now. Um, uh, one of the announcements that came out before the game was that third string goalkeeper Lee Johnston is uh, no longer with the club. He is, we've heard from other people, not directly from a club, but we've heard from other people that he's on trial in Europe right now uh, with a club. And, and so obviously we wish him the best. Another guy that's been on the podcast um, and, uh, with that and with Diego Restrepo being on a four card accumulation warning, um, you know, if Restrepo played and got that fifth card, it would, it would bring us down to just Matt and then probably Rochendel as the emergency goalkeeper, but then that prohibits him from being an outfield player, I would assume. So, um, it's interesting for sure. And we've got some audio that we'll play a little later. I did ask uh, Darren Powell a little bit about that rotation and uh, a little bit about the rotation in general. And then I think it was Steven Anderson asked about Matt playing and uh, interesting quote for sure, (laughs) but we'll see. You know, I hadn't considered the card issue and maybe, maybe this is you let, Restrepo sit out for a few games and uh, have one of those cards disappear before you put him back out on the field. I hadn't even, I didn't even realize that about where he was at card wise. I, hadn't I mean, the about thing it. is you let, you let Matt start for five games and sure Diego's dropped a card, but at that point Diego's cold and Matt could potentially be on a hot streak and have earned that number one spot back. Right. So. Well, if you're putting him in a true rotation, it's not doing either of them any favors anyways. I mean, yeah. You gotta, you gotta pick a man and run with it if he's if he's doing well. Restrepo's been doing well. It's, I don't. I mean, we I don't gave know. up two goals on on Saturday, right? Yeah. It's, obviously, it was a win, but um, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, one thing I will, I'll preface some of what uh, Darren Powell said post game uh, that we'll play in just a minute. I'll preface it with. Since, you know, January of 2016 or whenever it was, March of 2016, when uh, he first started uh, talking about the roster, he has always said that, you know, it's every position is open for the taking and, and no one has a set spot. And, and uh, in my experience, that's been true. So um, if Matt has earned that spot from Diego week in and week out, that might be it. And if Matt slacks off in training a week and Diego jumps him again, then there it is. But the the card issue is definitely tricky, but I would expect them to sign a third goalkeeper in the next few days or a week or two, I would guess. But You got to think they will. They've got to have a third on there somewhere, even if it's somebody from developmental for the team. They've got, I'm assuming they've got some people that, you know, have been working with the team, but not signed yeah on tryouts week to week so um yeah we should see another signing here in a few days i would guess but this is definitely interesting and and you're right it's it seemed like every position's always up for competition um what does that say about the the lineups as a whole we've what used 17 different lineups so far this season yeah, no I one's still need to go through and do the math myself but that's what the club has listed nobody's <laughs> so. grabbed that brass ring and taken the job for themselves then anywhere on the field really yeah. outside of maybe king and cochran yeah. <laughs> everything else has been a rotation week to week every literally every other position and mikey now i think mikey's got his spot locked down for the most part but yeah that's I don't know what that says about the team as a whole. (laughs) 
Well, I do want to talk about that a little bit more. First, I want to play the audio so that you can hear it straight from Darren Powell's mouth. And um, we've also got audio from Kyle Murphy and from Darnell King as well. Um, This is all post-game Wednesday, so uh, there was a little fireworks show afterwards, so the audio is not um, the highest quality that we've ever had, so I do apologize about that. Um, but we'll see how this goes. Let's see how it sounds. And, you know, if it sounds terrible. We'll cut it out. Podcast magic. Here's Darren Bell. All right. Maybe not. Let's see why that's not playing real quick. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, to jump to what I was going to say, um, maybe not folks, maybe not. Yeah, right. Um, to jump to what I was going to say while I try and figure this out. Um, the, the thing about all of the rotating with the squad is, um, you, you have such a long season with USL and a lot of these players aren't necessarily built to play every single match, right? Like we've seen um, Cesar Elizondo is one that we talked about earlier and um, Stephen McCarthy has battled injuries off and on all year and last year a little bit. And um, or was it last year? No, that was 2016. I'm thinking of. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't put, I don't think, I don't think Powell doesn't know what he's doing is how I'll phrase that. Like, I feel pretty confident in saying um, he is rotating the uh, formation in part due to performance, in part due to injury, but a lot more to do with injury management would be my guess. Um, Because like I said earlier, you get to the playoffs, that's your first goal, right? And so if you can keep as many players as possible healthy for that, I think that's kind of the bigger issue behind some of this rotation, um, whether you like it or not. Yeah, working, maybe. Dang it. This was working earlier today. Hmm. Gotta love technical difficulties. (laughs) Gotta love it. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. Do you feel like it's an issue with the rotating? I feel like some consistency would be nice in a few more positions than what we're t- typically doing. But, I mean, if it's if it's truly coming down to injury management and keeping people healthy long term, then I can't argue with that. Like, you gotta, you gotta, you can't play the game if you don't have guys to play it with. So, um, you've got to keep yourself competitive and and try to keep people healthy for the long term. Because uh, it is the middle of the season. We've got, what, 15 more games to go before we know if we're in the playoffs or not. So um, got to get there first. It's, it's not a – it's a sprint. It's not, it's not a sprint. Sorry. It's a long-term race. Blah. <laughs> Humbling over my own words tonight. No, and that's fair. Like, I know you still have to actually make the playoffs, right? Like, you can't just keep playing B teams over and over. But um, – I just feel like there's there's such a long time left. And I know I'm going to get nailed for saying that. Why isn't this freaking working? Grr. Here, let me yeah. give you something else to get angry about. We're going to change the subject a little bit here. We're going to stay with the topic of the game. How about AJ Ajaqua? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> AJ Ajaqua came back to town with uh, the switchbacks, and he started that game. Um, he didn't make it the whole game, though. He came in with a particularly ugly uh, slide in on Darnell King and ended up with a red card. Oh, there's weird buzzing there. With yeah, that. that was me. Sorry. Um, <laughs> came up with the red card, getting ejected from the game and deserved every bit of it. My God. Yeah, he Trying to break King there, but he was he was doing stuff the entire game. He was flopping all over the place and coming in hot. And I honestly thought we were going to get punches thrown after the, the King foul. Uh, Maxi and Mikey were both in there getting in there and there was some shoving going a lot, a lot around in there um, initially after that foul happened AJ was actually 
acting like he was the one that was hurt and came up holding his face. Ref got there real quick, and then he, it all changed really fast there. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a really hard time getting a read on him because he's someone who was – you know, let go of in the middle of last season. And, um, you know, he's got a lot of personality, which can be really good and it can be really bad if that personality doesn't mesh well, right? Um, it just felt like the entire game, he, it kind of felt like he was just playing like an a-hole, like for lack of a better phrase. I, I put something a little stronger out on Twitter the other night that I probably shouldn't have, but um, from, from the very start of the game, it felt like he was playing like he was trying to prove something and some of the challenges he was taking and making, it was just a very strange, strange performance and the ref really let it get out of hand. He did. The ref lost control of this game. They did not do a good job throughout the entirety of the game with the ref, the refing, uh, yeah. especially in regards to calls going in SAFC's favor. Um, there was some pretty ugly ones out there, but AJ, AJ definitely deserved that red card that he got that night. Um, if there wasn't bad blood already between him and this team, there definitely is now. Yeah. It's there now, and it doesn't matter if it's guys that were on the team last year with him or guys that weren't because, I mean, really the only person I saw involved in that little scrum afterwards was Maxie, who was there. I mean, Mikey was getting in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, obviously, I mean, King was the on one that took the foul. Yeah, like yeah. The, the, not play, people he played with here at SAFC and potentially didn't get along with or anything like that. Um, I felt like he and Cochran were kind of getting into it for a minute there in the first half. But, yeah. He, he had little spats all over the place with everybody. Um, he was definitely making himself known that night. It felt like he came in with something to prove and it wasn't being proved. So I, the comment I made was he's playing the way that I play on FIFA when I go down 3 and I'm just slide tackling into everybody's player trying to get somebody hurt. Like that's the closest thing that it reminded me of. It's not uh, far off. That's a good way to, a good way to put it. Before we move off, I'm going to try this one last time. If it doesn't work, we'll keep going. But I think I finally have our issues no, worked you. out. Your second win in a row at home, kind of like as Kyle said at this point of the season, just what does that do for you guys, kind of knowing that you have to earn these three points this time of the season? Yeah, no, I think well, we approach it like any other game. It's, uh, we, we set ourselves up every time to try and earn three points. I thought tonight... You know, the, the character of the players, um, the attitude, the application, the work rate was very, very good. Um, you know, I think, you know, we made some changes from the weekend and it just shows the, the depth of the locker room within this group. And everybody tonight put a real hard, hard shift in and, uh, you know, gave everything they could and blocking shots as, as well as making sure we were trying to create chances and get the second goal. And I think we had several opportunities towards the end of the match to do so. So all in all, very proud of the players um, and their, their work ethic. And it's not just you know the guys that play tonight, but the whole squad this evening contributed to that performance. Come off a big win against Creel, four goals, your first place. I guess it's kind of more of a satisfaction just because you were able to string back-to-back games the way you played, even though it was kind of kind of different ways you know. Yeah, I think it's important. You know, we spoke about this before in, in, in terms of maybe other teams and making sure you gain a little bit of a momentum. And I think tonight, you know, it was important that we followed up that performance on Saturday night and earned the three points. And, you know, the guys were very committed to that cause this evening and certainly put their bodies on the line to do so. And we managed to, to get the opportunity. And, um, you know, we took a you know, good team goal. Again, another team goal, which I think is important. And, uh, you know, everybody's contributing to make those things happen on the attacking side of the ball. So just very pleased. And, um, you know, obviously to get back-to-back wins in front of our home supporters who are always superb, right? So they, they come and make noise and get behind the team. And hopefully they leave tonight with uh, some nice fireworks and a big <laughs> smile on their face as they, uh, as they head home with the three points as well. Matty was uh, stellar in that tonight, and after Channing feared the beard, you know, a little bit throughout the match. So he showed tonight what here in that nickname, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, look, we, you know, we, we always said it before, we have a good goalkeeping. Um, staff, and that's a tribute to Ron. Glad my he works hard with him every day. And, you know, obviously now 
we've got some tough decisions to make in goal because we have two very talented goalkeepers and uh, both certainly help this team every day with, with how they play and perform and they just make sure everyone is uh, pushing to try and get a little bit better. Always good, right? You know, when you don't concede the goal, it's something we pride ourselves on. And, um, you know, I think collectively as a group, they managed to defend hard and also limited Colorado to very few opportunities. Um, and they're, they're a very well coached team and they've always, always have a very organized squad. But we were able to limit them to, to very few opportunities, which we take particular pride in. And then obviously the clean sheet is a bonus and the, and the three points are a bonus too. We've seen a lot of different starting lineups and a lot of different squads this season. Um, is that just a byproduct of the schedule, or can you kind of give your thoughts on? Yeah, look, I think we have good depth in our locker room, so we want to make sure we, we use that depth when, when we're, we're able to do so. And you know, you've got a group of guys in that locker room that come in every day and, and make sure they give the best effort, and they all want to be on the field. And uh, you know, you have to earn that right, and players do that from the you know the training performances, the game performances, and it was good tonight to get lots of people, you know, lots of. Um, players the opportunity to play and now what that does is makes the decisions very difficult for, for Saturday evening again um, as we can prepare for Oklahoma which we'll do first thing in the morning. Thanks coach. Thank you guys. So these next two are significantly shorter. Sorry about the uh, the audio quality there. The freaking fireworks man. <laughs> what are you going to do? So uh, again these are two shorter ones. This first one is with uh, Darnell King. Uh, tonight you got your fifth assist as a defender kind of playing in that transition role just how does that feel knowing you're contributing on both ends to the team it's good you know just try to be a team player all around uh, i'm an offensive minded defender so you know i guess that works out in my favor uh, it was a good team play maxie saw me make the run everybody got in the box and we executed so that's what, that's what we need to do on every time we go forward so is that something you kind of sense at that moment? Because when you play Colorado, it seems like every game's a tie. That one chance may have been where it was kind of okay. Yeah, yeah, we definitely we talked about it at halftime. Uh, one chance could uh, win the game, and that's what happened, you know? 1 0, if that's what we had to do, we grinded it out. Um, it was a very back and forth game. Uh, we executed our chances. They had some, but we defended well. Maddie had a great save. So, uh, that's what we need. It just keeps the motivation for the team going throughout the 90 minutes. Sarah, some of the guys mentioned allowing two goals against Real was not ideal tonight. You don't allow a goal. Also, how, how glad are you to get that finish? I'm very glad. I mean, me, me myself in the back line, we uh, worked all week on just not letting that happen. You know, that's our goal to get shutouts. And then obviously on the other end, hopefully get goals, even if we can contribute or not. Um, yeah, it's a great feeling to come out with a shutout. It's been a little bit since we've had one. So that's what we're aiming for. And we got it. Two wins in a row at home in this kind of crowded part of the schedule for you guys. What does that do for you? Uh, it's a lot of momentum and motivation going into our next game. Um, you know, everybody's got to be ready. Whoever's name gets called, be ready to come on the field and do the job. Just take up whoever's role that needs to be taken up and, you know, execute. You know, we just got to keep winning and moving up the ladder. It's very important this time of season to keep going and pushing for, for a playoff spot and hopefully get higher up in the ranks. And this last one real quick. Goal scorer, Kyle Murphy. Kyle, you got your first goal for the club tonight. Just feelings going for you right now. Yeah, it's a great feeling. Always happy to score a goal. Um, especially to get the game winner means a lot, and I'm glad to open my account for the team. Kyle, uh, you've contributed off, off the bench a couple of times. Had a bit of an injury uh, when you first came in, so what's it like to get your ring? Yeah, I mean, I work hard every single day. Obviously, you get... Injuries are part of football sometimes, so you just got to deal with it and um, just do your best to get back healthy as best possible, and that's what I focused on, and I'm just glad I'm contributing now and doing my job. You play a position where there's a lot of competition on the team. What does that competition do for you as a player? Yeah, I think competition makes um, anybody better. Um, we fight every single day. I see other people scoring goals. It makes me raise my level. I want to score goals. I think it just improves everybody. And obviously, two wins in a row here, going on the road, very busy schedule right now. Uh, what's that do for the team? I asked the same question twice. Yeah, I mean, we're in a good run of form right now, and it's good to have games, three games in eight days. Um, just, just keep rolling with it, and and just keep taking game by game, and, and just keep going. How have you found the fast reception, especially you know you were playing for the rivals tonight, making your statement here? Yeah, I love the atmosphere here. It's fun playing, even playing here away. It was one of the most exciting places to play, and I'm just glad that I can be. Uh, Cheered for, not cheered against. <laughs> no. Thanks, Kyle. 
So there we go. That was uh, Coach Powell, Darnell King, and Kyle Murphy. Um, I think that's the first time we've ever had audio from Kyle Murphy. I don't remember knowing what he sounded like before that. So, well, uh, yeah, I think that is that's the first time for him. Yeah. It's always like other leagues, other soccer leagues, and, and like you know, college football, NFL, basketball. Like you see the guys in so many different places and hear the guys in so many different places that like talking to USL players, it's like, Oh, that's what you sound like. Now I know. Yeah. I hope that's not the case forever. I hope coverage continues to grow and we start seeing these guys showcased more on the national level because they deserve it. Oh, hell yeah, they do for sure. And a quick shout out to BGN starting a written side of the family. I should have shouted that out at the beginning. Um, If you're interested in writing, Obviously, you can do that for calledoffside.com if you ever want to, but I also highly recommend writing for uh, the BGN written site. Um, I'll, I'll probably be contributing occasionally to that if they'll have me, and uh, yeah, you should too, so it'll be fun. Check it out at BGN written, I think. I'll find out. Um, anything else San Antonio-wise before we move on? Went a little long since we had two San Antonio games this week. I think it's time to focus our efforts up north a little bit here. Little and it is road. at BGN written as a side note, just to make sure I correct myself there. Um, yeah, little up the road. There is some fun stuff going on as I pull my notes back up here. Um, we are two weeks away from Austin City Council taking a vote on the McCalla Place uh, site and the McCalla Place proposal by PSV and theoretically by anyone else who submits stuff, but really it's, it's PSV. And uh, that's, that's the only one that's going to be seriously considered, it seems like. Um, and uh, an interesting article came out from the Austin Chronicle um, citing where some anti-MLS relocation money is coming from um and kind of the the political side of things i'm not going to dive super deep into it um and if you want to larry i I encourage you to but (laughs) uh political action committees are not our forte no Uh, not by a long shot (laughs) austin for a better future pack is funding uh at but at least twenty-five to thirty thousand dollars worth of uh, opposition material and uh, you know events and that kind of stuff that they're they're putting out there. So um, there there is some money being pushed against MLS. Uh, I nothing that I've seen has made it seem like that is going to matter significantly because there's also money flowing to city council in the form of. Um, election donations, which is perfectly legal. I'm not hating on it, but um, that's that's just politics in the U.S. Um, one thing that I am a little surprised about is that the Chronicle and I believe a couple other places reported that um, we're expected to be able to see the terms very soon, potentially by Friday, um, maybe early next week. But um, that is interesting to me because on one hand it could just be PSV agreeing so that the council has a longer time to look at it. But what that screams out to me is that they've come to an agreement with both sides and they're ready to have that voted on and and considered and everything else. I don't think if there was still active negotiations going on, I wouldn't think that they would be ready to put the terms out there. Is that crazy of me? Is that too tinfoily? I mean, I feel like if the terms have to come out at some point, and I I figure it's going to be before the meeting happens. I mean, we're two weeks out now. They they need to have PSV needs to have together what they're going to put on that offer sheet by now. It's it's got to come out. It's got to come out. And if they get it out early, it gives them an opportunity to kind of judge public reaction to it and maybe put out some fires ahead of time before the actual vote happens. Uh, Maybe try to navigate around some of those things that could come up on the night of the vote, which I'm assuming will be at 7 a.m. the following morning after the meeting at some point. (laughs) 
Well, it sounds like the terms that the Chronicle is talking about, because um, the actual quote is expecting a glimpse of the negotiated terms soon. Um, so when it says negotiated terms, I take that as the deal that they've agreed upon, not just PSV's offer, um, which like if it was just PSV's offer, 100% agree with you. Like they, they need to get that out there. But um, to me, that, that term negotiated makes it seem like this is the the final product of, of what they've come to so far. Well, um, Mayor Steve Adler um, posted on the city council message boards this week um, that he and Kathy Tovo have discussed having a meeting on the 2nd of August to take public comment and discuss the possibility for the use of McAuliffe for the stadium. So, I mean, we've got to have terms if they're going to be taking public comment and they need to be public at that point for people yeah. to actually give their input on the situation. So, I mean, I think it's pretty spot on. We should probably find out in the next week yeah, or less at this point since it's a week from yesterday. So, you know, it's going to uh, drop tomorrow morning. Right oh, after yeah. We release this, right? <laughs> it's either going to be tomorrow morning or it's going to be literally at 11 o'clock tonight. Right. Everything's going to get go up right after we end the, end the podcast and everything. How we're starting to settle in for the night and Twitter is going to go insane. I was going to say, we should probably check Twitter before we finish the episode. <laughs> right. um, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. Like it, it's coming, like it, it's, it's going to be here before we know it. July's almost over. So um, we don't know anything publicly. We don't know, you know, nothing has been leaked significantly that I've seen. Um, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but like I've said before, I really think that initial proposal that PSV put forward was just that, and just a starting point and that, um, they wouldn't try to hardball their way into something crazy. So that's just me. Um, anything else on Austin MLS before we move, before we bolt over to USL? (laughs) Oh, uh, let's go to the only about that. Let's go to the only racetrack in America that can handle the speed the speed of Usain Bolt. Okay, so let's go out to Coda. Let's talk about it. Let's happen. It's happening. Well, this is exactly why it's it's potentially happening, right? Is to get people talking. Um, for anyone who didn't hear, um, Chris Bills of the Austin American Statesman reported that. Um, USL Austin and Usain Bolt are in uh, negotiations, in early negotiations. Um, And in one of his tweets, he said it was going to be between uh, Austin's USL team or an Australian league team. Um, I... This is a little more on brand for Vegas, I think, in signing (laughs) someone who's never played professional football to come on. Um, But I, you know, I'm I'm shrugging my shoulders for those of you listening to the podcast because that's kind of all I can do. Like, this is a splashy signing designed to be a splashy signing, and it's probably a good idea for them. No, I mean, I think it fits. I think it fits. They need to find a way to to wiggle their way into the press over all of this MLS stuff that's going on. Um, the All the USL announcements for Austin are coming up on the 3rd, where we're supposed to get player announcements and a coach announcement and a name announcement and all that good stuff. Can't wait this to is, see Chris Tierpak back in Texas. <laughs> this is a, a great – don't say that, man. This is a great way – to drum up some interest in the team ahead of time before all these announcements come to pass. And I think it fits. I know you said Vegas and it is, it would be a very Vegas move. And we heard um, what Phoenix had their name in the hat at one point for Usain Bolt. And I'm surprised we didn't hear that Vegas did. They may have, I'm sure. I think there was um, the, they were pursuing it, but I don't know if it was mutual. Um, I think it fits though. I mean, we're, we're talking about a soccer team that's located, the only soccer team that I know of that's located at a racetrack and it's the only F1 track in the country. Those guys do 200 miles an hour on that, that track. This is perfect for them. Have, have the fastest man alive at one of the fastest sports in the entire world. Like the marketing rights itself, right? Yeah, that's, no, it's, <laughs> it's easy money. Um, I would, this is pure speculation, but if this is happening, I would expect it would be more of like a Didier Drogba type deal where Bolt would get 
some of the ownership of the USL team and be a player owner like Drogba is. Um, it's interesting as hell, though. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's it, it could be fun. And, uh, Darnell King are pretty quick, but I don't know. Usain Bolt, he's, I hear he's fast. I mean, and, and you know what? It's not even that strange because uh, Usain Bolt's actually shown up at the F1 races before here in Austin. So, like, he's yeah, yeah. he's got some history there out at the Circuit of the Americas. As far as I, if I remember right, he's actually taken laps around that track with uh, Lewis Hamilton um driving the car there so i mean he's he's no stranger to austin in the circuit of the americas it might be a perfect fit for him there i i don't hate it like it's it's very it comes off as a little gimmicky but you know there there have been worse signings in usl than usain bolt (laughs) and you know what are you gonna do (laughs) Um, anything else on Austin before we kick it out west a little bit? Let's go to the west. A lot of bit. A, a lot, lot of bit. <laughs> um, I love you, El Paso, but it is far out there. Um, El Paso's currently unnamed USL club has hired a head coach and technical director in Mark Lowry, uh, most recently from Jacksonville Armada of the NASL. Um, and before that, just uh, I, I keep meaning to see if these overlap, but I haven't been able to find it online. Um, But he came from the Orlando City uh, Development Academy uh, where Darren Powell and Tim Holt both also came from. Well, from the club anyway, from Orlando. Um, So yeah, a little small world there. But anyway, I love this signing uh, as a head coach, and I think it's a great get for El Paso. Um, this was a coach that I know Louisville fans were hoping to see uh, take the helm there and really just about any team would, would be pretty yeah. lucky to have him. Um, I think besides him, the only other coach on my radar as, other than, you know, like Caleb Porter is uh, uh, Alan Marcina from Scorpions days. He's with the Duwamin Menace right now. Um, he should absolutely be with the USL side, in my opinion. But well, he might be soon enough. If, yeah, if yeah. things work out there in Des Moines, so we may be seeing Alan back in the USL side of things here soon. Um, and El Paso is still voting on the names too. And my wife reminded me after I got done recording last, after we got done recording last week about the vote names um in el paso the reason star is a name twice on there um is because on one of the mountains there's a huge star in lights i've seen it myself a million times i can't believe that i forgot about it (laughs) um but that's that's why that is one of the names it's kind of a landmark so i i kind of dig that that makes more sense i had no clue about that i've driven through el paso exactly once it was the (laughs) middle of the night but i did not see any star lit up on the top of a mountain it's a lot of mountains right (laughs) (laughs) um yeah it's it's pretty noticeable if you see it from the highway it's pretty huge i think you can see it from the air too flying in i can't remember though but yeah so anyway star el paso stars and El Paso Estrella, I think is yeah the Estrellas and the Stars. Uh, the El Paso Star Stars. So I wonder how they would rearrange. I don't know. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, they should just. They, you know what? They should just be the Estrellas FC. There you go. Take the El Paso, El Paso out of it completely. Yeah, take El Paso out of it completely. I can get behind that more. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. Um, this isn't something that we plan to talk about and I don't plan on saying much about it cause I don't have much to say about it. But, um, one thing that we've noticed from RGV is, uh, they've had quite a bit of staff turnover in the last few weeks. Um, so we're kind of keeping an eye out there. I'm going to listen to the down in the Valley podcast, which is part of the BGN family, um, and see what they have to say about what's going on currently with the club. But, um, I'm wondering if we might see some restructuring there, if, if something's going on in RGB or um, if it was just kind of how that timed. But anyway. I, I mean, the Down in the Valley guys were teasing whether people needed to be concerned yeah. about the future of the club as a whole. So, I mean, I don't, 
it'd be crazy if we saw them disappear. I hope we don't. I, I really tr- truly yeah. hope we don't. I want them to stick around. I mean, I love having the rivalry with them and I don't want us to see, see us go backwards with yeah. teams and start seeing USL teams shut down. So I hope that those guys figure out whatever's going on and keep chugging along and move forward. I mean, they just built that huge stadium. So I can't, but it's imagine. empty all the time. Yeah. <laughs> no, man, they're averaging like 8,000 a game. Haven't you seen the numbers? 8,000 empty seats yeah um 2000 filled as we sit here and make fun of rgv like we're prone to do i agree that i don't want to see them go away um obviously usl austin is planning to come into the league next year but um other than them you don't want your closest rival to be el paso or okc that's a far drive and um as much as i can get behind the whole rgv sucks all that stuff rivalry stuff um, you know, you don't want them to, to disband or anything like that. So hopefully things are good down there. We'll, we'll keep an eye out again. I I'm not saying they're not good. I'm just saying a lot of the departures all coming at the same time kind of gets you to raise your eyebrow a little bit. Right. Yeah. Um, Every, everything's fun and games until a team shuts down. That's not what we want here. We, yeah. we enjoy the banter and the teasing back and forth between the two teams. We want to see it continue for many years going forward. Except for Rio OKC. I, I danced on their grave pretty hard. <laughs> to be honest. Um, Did I, the grave have grass on it? No. I'm not even <laughs> sure it was filled in yet. Um, I felt bad for all of those players and staff and coaches. Yeah. Um, but good God, what a terribly run team that was. Um, on to better news to wrap up the night. The U.S. women's national team are participating uh, in the Tournament of Nations currently. Um, they played Japan tonight. I didn't get the final score on that. I was only able to watch up until I, about the 70th minute. I got it for you. Four to two. Ooh, they gave up two points, two goals. Alex, Alex Morgan with a hat trick and Megan Rapinoe with a, a goal of herself too. Yeah, I saw I saw the four goals. I saw Carly Lloyd get subbed on, but unfortunately I had to uh, stop watching after that to start getting ready for the podcast and everything. So um, good for them. I, we were kind of talking about it off air. I have a hard time getting too hyped for this tournament, tournament of nations. Um it's all friendlies and if you don't know it's against brazil japan and australia um all played in america in kansas city uh east hartford connecticut and bridgeview illinois um and i i'm gonna watch them <laughs> like I, I dvr'd the game so i'm gonna finish what i didn't watch and i want to watch the other ones but are we kind of on the same page about like it's a friendly yeah and things are going to get a lot more interesting here soon this is like the last hump before they start for their uh 2019 world cup qualifiers so it's hard to get behind friendlies a lot of the time and it doesn't just go for them it goes for even following some of the u.s men's national team games oh it's tough to watch some of those games when they're just friendlies and they don't matter all that much um but definitely as we move into true world cup qualifiers going to be starting to pay more attention to those games yeah and probably be covering them a little bit more here on the podcast definitely yeah um once once the tournament starts for qualification and obviously going into the world cup we're going to cover the tar out of the u.s women as mm-hmm. <laughs> as long as they don't not qualify like the men did but oh I, god don't say that now <laughs> can't i you know i said i couldn't see them uh not beating trinidad and tobago and look what happened there but yeah. um on the women's side though sold out tonight at kansas city eighteen thousand four hundred sixty-seven. good for them yeah good for them one game to, to watch from what i saw four to two can't complain about that anyway yeah we will we will be covering the women's national team heading into the 2019 women's world cup um quite a bit and obviously that uh, tournament starts in October, the CONCACAF Women's Championship. Um, and, you know, that's when it starts mattering. So anyway, and, oh, man, Twitter questions. Dang it. I meant to do these Uh-oh. way earlier. I am so Uh-oh. sorry. I forgot to. I forgot to. Dang it. Um, 
for those of you who listened this far in, I'll give you a little, little treat, a little nugget of trivia that I actually haven't even told Larry yet, but I think I have our voicemail line working again. Um, what? Yeah. So oh, I'm shit. double check and make sure, and we'll open that up. If it is working, we'll open it up after the OKC game on Saturday to where you'll be able to call in and leave a voicemail and, uh, you know, we'll play it on the podcast and you can, can get your voice out there. Uh, we do ask that you keep it minute or less ish just so it's not super long. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll put more details out there when I, when I have them down for sure. All the shenanigans incoming now. So Tomas Clark writes in, are we ever going to see a lineup with our best 11 or is Powell going to continue to switch it every other game? Um, we've talked about that a little bit tonight. Um, I, I think the best 11 may have been on Saturday in that four to two game. Close to it. You know, honestly, going off of what Powell had to say, our best 11 is put out there every week based on what's happened up to that point. So he's whatever. It depends on who you're asking what the best 11 is because it seems that 17 different lineups into the season, there is a different best 11 per Coach Powell every week. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really hard because – there's not enough of a sample size to have everyone definitively saying these are, this is the best 11 right here. Like there's just not enough of a sample size. The play is too inconsistent and that's not just SAFC. That's any team um, in USL. And I, I think you're going to keep seeing some of a mix. The where I would like to see some solidarity is on the back line. (laughs) Um, I would love to see that just be the same three or four guys every game if we could. Um, but you know, we're, we're halfway into the season and I believe San Antonio FC is one point away from being in seventh, if I'm not mistaken now with we are, a couple games in hand. We uh, are the Portland Timbers two and Fresno FC both have 29 points. Um, they are number seven and number eight in the standings. Um, we are tied with the switchbacks with 28 points in ninth and 10th, respectively. So, we yeah, we're and still though, right? Like, cor- has played 19 games now, I think, or 17. Cor- games. Yeah, correct. And Colorado's actually played more games than anybody this season. They've played 23. Yeah. Um, so, we've yeah. got four games in hand over them. But everybody else ahead of us in the leaderboards, yeah, everybody else either has 20, 21, or 22. So if San Antonio is able to get the win in OKC, they could leapfrog up to seventh, potentially, depending on how other things shake out. Correct. Obviously, that is a big ask to get a win in OKC. Um, Anyway, yeah, we'll see. Um, (laughs) Harry asks, beard or no beard for Kyle, LOL. Hashtag fear the beard, Kyle. Um, if you follow my personal Twitter account, I put a picture out there from a couple of years ago where I had, um, some facial hair, I'll put it that way. Um, yeah, it was something that is probably never going to make a comeback unless it's like for charity or something. If we, if we start raising money, maybe I'll grow it out for a month or two. I don't know. Get Beard paid. life is best life. Man, I don't know how you do it in the summer, man. It's too too much <laughs> hey you know i make do i make do mine <laughs> mine is less making do but we'll save that for another podcast <laughs> um, yeah and i think i think that's it anything else that i, I missed think that's on it. twitter i think we hit everything no i, th- I think cool. those, those were the only two questions this week Cool, cool. Anything else you want to talk about tonight? Or if anyone else has something on Periscope they want to jump in with, feel free to do so. But anything else you want to chat with before we call it a night? I think we got it all covered. We got uh, another game this weekend, OKC. I know a couple people from the Twitter are making their way up to the game. Be safe, have fun, go rep SAFC hard. Yay. <laughs> 
Very, very cool. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I genuinely mean that. Um, this show is really fun to do, and it would be less fun if we were just talking to ourselves. Um, or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe we'd just <laughs> shoot the breeze for an hour every week. <laughs> we do most nights anyway. Um, thank you to the Beautiful Game Network for helping us out. Thank you to everyone on Periscope who stuck around and watched and contributed. And uh, thank you to uh, those of you who wrote Twitter questions and interact with us on social media. You can follow the show at TX Soccer Radio. You can follow Larry at LarryLeathers87. You can follow me at Kyle underscore Mankey, all on Twitter. Um, yeah, and uh, thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. You can get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Um, we will be back next Thursday unless something crazy happens and we have to jump in for a little midweek special. But uh, we'll see. Never know. Keep you on your toes. Could happen. <laughs> we'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening.